For sleep's sake, assisting you with babies, toddlers, and children's safe sleep and settling. Hello and welcome to For Sleep's Sake. This series has been developed to assist you when it comes to babies, toddlers, and children's safe sleep and settling. Baby sleep. Just when we think we are getting it right, then we get thrown a curveball. And as we know, every baby and toddler is so different. And as parents, we tend to share similar responses to sleeping problems. One is hoping that things will get better with time. The other is finding it difficult to ask for help. So to help us with how we can manage and settle our babies today, we'll be discussing infants and sleep, step-by-step guide to settling with Cindy Davenport. We're going to discuss, amongst other things, what sleep disturbances we see in babies, what is a circadian rhythm? What is a sleep regression? And what are the steps to settling our babies? Joining me is Cindy Davenport, a registered midwife, maternal and child health nurse, and the director of Turnity Group, the company behind some of Australia's most recognised brands in the antenatal and early parenting education space, which includes Safe Sleep Space, Sleep Smart, and Nourish Baby. Cindy is passionate about the health and well-being of families and offers a sensible, response-based approach to help babies and children with sleep problems. Cindy, welcome to For Sleep's Sake. Thanks, Simon, and uh, hi to everybody. Parents often hear, it's normal, but how do you know as a parent was expected when it comes to our babies and sleep? Firstly, a baby refers to from the period of birth to 12 months. And that's sort of key for parents to, to know so that they can fit in with the what's, what's expected around the ages and stages of our little ones. What's normal? Nothing's normal. Absolutely. It's a word that we always use. It's normal for them to do this. It's normal for them to sleep or they should be doing this or they shouldn't be. Honestly, as parents, you really know your babies and, and your toddlers. But really, when it comes to babies, it's so key to read our baby's cues and you'll tune in. You'll get to know your baby and understand what little little things happen with this little infant or baby of yours, maybe as compared to another sibling or another child that you've had. Or if this is your first baby, try not to compare them with other babies in, you know, other parents, like first-time groups or because this is when we can become a little bit unstuck. Know that your baby has their own little unique self and they have their own little temperament as well. So what can be expected when we're talking about our babies, you know, from birth to 12 months is really normal for babies to have different amounts of sleep and that they will have some phases where they sleep for longer periods and some phases where they sleep for shorter periods of time. We know that it is biologically normal for our babies to wake and feed around the 24-hour clock, especially when they're little. They need to feed for growth and development. So it's not normal for a little baby to sleep through the night. And we, we really try to avoid that question of when will my baby sleep through the night because each child, again, is different. And until they are really able to not require a feed overnight, we really do need to feed a baby to get them for their well-being and for their health. So some babies will continue to feed all the way through that 12-month period and even even beyond that. We also know that that there are various ways um, or issues that will happen. We try not to call them um, an issue, if you like, or a challenge. 40% of our babies across the world will have a sleep issue or problem or it's a little challenge, if you like, but often these are over being able to be overcome. Parents, just know that there are lots of advice out there for you. There's lots of help. There's lots of support. And certainly look to those health professionals, people that you know and trust. They need to be evidence-based. 
look for the research that they've done and know that they that it is all done in a way that is there to help and support you. Don't be scared or don't be frightened to reach out. This is quite normal. Sleep and feeding issues are quite big in the first 12 months. They're often the key reasons that as parents you come to us as health professionals and we're here to help. And so often these issues can really be resolved quite easily and, and you might not have needed to have struggled, if you like, for periods of weeks or months. So probably jump in and get on top of it, talk about it as well so that you understand what's going on. The most common issues that we see are are difficulties in babies either going off to sleep or being unable to be um, settled perhaps after a short sleep or what we'll call a cat nap. And that very much links in with um, sleep cycles. Probably just to understand that with our sleep cycles, our infants have a smaller sleep cycle, only a sleep cycle of about 30 to maybe 40 minutes or 45 minutes for an infant. And then when they become a toddler, their sleep cycle moves out to about 60 minutes. And as an adult, we go to about 90 minutes to 120 minutes. Really key to understand that that is the time a cycle is going from a deep up into a light sleep phase and um, your infant might need some help in getting back to, to settle to sleep. And when we get to the settling um, steps in a moment, we're going to be talking about the sleep cycle there as well. Uh, if you can as a parent and um, look to, to people to help support you, try to look for the early tired signs. Okay, There are signs there that a baby gives us. An overtired baby is really hard hard to get to settle to sleep and always look for the type of cry that they're giving you look for that not just such the grizzle or the fussy cry or the the vocalizing cry look for that real forceful cry and and see when you should be responding babies cry as a means of communication with us so we're meant to respond to our crying babies and in a very um, way that we can provide support for our babies in and provide that secure uh, uh, attachment for them and help them to settle off to sleep in in that way. One of the other things that happens very early on is that um, babies will have a, a, a little period of unsettledness, often between six to 12 weeks. And look to your key health professional here to help you with this, but it's often when their nervous systems are not fully developed. And, and we need to look for the, the little cry for the baby and respond appropriately as well here. And another reason is, is that often around a seven to eight month period, there's, there's what we call a separation anxiety or it's around that object permanence. Your baby knows when you're leaving the room. And so they will cry as a means of, of, of looking out for you as well. So it's a period where, you know, as parents, if you're aware and can expect or look, look to these periods, then you'll know that then responding to, to um, your child and helping them to settle will be, will be key. Other basic reasons why a baby won't sleep are, are things like just make sure they're not unwell. Always have them checked if you're unsure. We never want to help our, or settle a baby to sleep um, if they're not well. Obviously, they've got to be not hungry and comfortable, you know, wet and dirty nappies. Look for those growth spurts because they're times when that your baby will perhaps not um, be sleeping as well. And also, just go with your gut instinct. You know what, what your baby is trying to say to you and respond appropriately. So, Cindy, how do we settle a baby? Take us through the steps. The, the key question, and I think it's fantastic that we can um, provide some steps to parents, essentially. We, when you're looking at your little infant, again, remi remind yourself also of um, what their type of temperament is. And um, so some babies will be able to be helped or prepared for sleep in a lot easier way than, than some other little infants. And so what we, we talk about first in one of the steps is keep in mind there that, you know, if their temperament is one of those that is a little bit more what we'll call feisty or a little bit more wired up, as 
essentially we all fall into three types of temperament and um, temperament is something that is is in inborn it's there from birth it's not something we can change a lot of we can change the character of our little ones but the temperament is what they are born with there's nothing wrong with a temperament and the three types of temperaments that you might now have a look at in your child is go oh are they a little bit more falling into the sort of the the you know the feisty sort of category are they sort of very more relaxed and um that they're they're just you know able to to respond quite quickly or are they one of those that is a little bit more oh a bit reserved I'm a bit more cautious all of these things play a key role when we're starting to settle our baby to to sleep because for example a baby who's perhaps a little bit more wired up is going to take a little bit longer to get prepared for sleep they're not going to just drop into bed and fall off to sleep they might need that extra calming that extra cuddle that extra book and you go you know read to them all that extra little beautiful song and you go oh this, my little one this temperament is a little bit different and again it's often as I say it's, it's quite genetic so often if we understand that that's that's one of the first key steps to to explaining for parents um how they can help their baby to to settle to sleep I also want to just make sure here that we understand that the environment, first and foremost, in settling is safe. Again, look to your safe sleeping guidelines in your country to ensure that you're setting up the environment for babies. Make sure that your safe sleeping environment is safe for our babies and look to your country for their standards. We suggest that a baby uh, for the first six to 12 months, if possible, sleep within the parent room, but in their own safe sleeping environment. And it's really key that um, parents try to do this if you can. You know, we often say to parents um, in setting up your nursery or environment uh, for your baby, your room might not be able, you, you think it's small. So we always say it's probably best to move the chest of drawers out and get changed in another room and have your baby with you. Think about this in when you're setting up and making sure that that, that environment is absolutely safe for your baby so that's one of the key things and if you're at, at all unsure again look to your health professionals or certain guidelines as well looking for those early tired signs it's key okay so look for those glazed eyes or those long blank stares that redness around the eyes or those hiccups or those clenched fists those very very early tired signs if you see that your baby is actually yawning or really squirming or certainly crying it's it's most likely getting to an overtired state of that um, remembering we have six states of consciousness from a baby being fully awake to fully asleep so if your baby is getting to that you know they're yawning you've possibly missed that window of opportunity of getting them to sleep so really key that we try to pick up on those signs as early as we can. So what do we do when we settle our babies to sleep? I think this is the key part that um, parents, you know, once you understand if your baby's age and stage is, is, is appropriate and that they are able to, then following some settling steps is absolutely uh, the way to go. If your baby is in, um, and we do step this out quite well on our app called Rockabub, but um, babies generally they don't have a set routine however we know that there are various number of sleeps across the first in this 12 months so infants will sleep many 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 times okay so they're expected to have sort of you know up to perhaps 17 hours of sleep when they're very very newborn by the time they're sort of hitting that kind of more that four months and onwards the number of hours of sleep will maybe reduce a little bit less so you know let's say that that is probably around that um, 14 hours or so of sleep but this is across the day and the night and then by the time they're they're really up for around that 12 months it's probably not that much less but around 
around that, um, you know, 13 or 14 hours. So know that your baby is able to do that. Babies have naps, what we call during the day, or sleeps. When they're very early, they'll have lots of these um, and they'll feed and sleep around the clock, the 24-hour clock. By the time that a baby is, you know, hitting around that uh, seven months of age, you'll probably still expect to see that they have like a morning sleep and an afternoon sleep and perhaps a little nap in the afternoon, like a cat nap is what we call one cycle. Again, then by the time they're around that sort of eight months, they'll probably be essentially dropping off to two sleeps a day. So, you know, around that uh, morning time and that afternoon time. It's pretty key not to drop sleeps too early because this is when we get our babies who are overtired and then more wakeful overnight. Sleep absolutely promotes sleep. So a baby who doesn't have as much sleep, you know, you might have thought I'm missing a sleep site at one sleep during the day or some or for whatever reason they might then get overtired overtired babies it's it's really essential that we don't get get to this stage it's like us being overtired I know you know we know when we're overtired it's harder for us to get to settle to sleep and we become a little bit more ratty if you like and and this is the same for our little ones and especially if they at this stage of course are not communicating by words it's hard for them and they will cry quite a lot here so um, essential that we we really do provide them with those number of sleeps a baby really doesn't cut down to one sleep a day until they're well into their toddlers okay so perhaps around that 14 months or more so and we'll talk about that in our podcast on toddlers as well but to settle a baby you know, they often won't just go off to sleep when we as adults want them to. So I think first and foremost, it's important that we are uh, have our ourselves in a um, understanding where we want our babies to sleep. And as they get older into their into their months, they will develop a more predictable pattern to their day and night time. Essential to know too that a baby under around the age of that five or six months doesn't have a lot of circadian rhythm, so they don't really know the difference between day and night, so they will mix up their, their day and night. And again, as we've said, that's that's because they need to feed. So first off, ensure your baby is not hungry. It might be um, then time to try key steps to settling your baby at sleep time. Start by setting up the environment. You know, make it a little bit dark. It doesn't have to be completely dark. Music or some white noise is quite good. Remembering that white noise replicates the in utero sounds, but use safely and um, and and wisely as well. These can help, you know, this sort of environment will help our baby to relax. Often babies like to hear a little bit of noise. You know, yourself, if you try and go off to sleep and it's really, really silent, you go, oh, you're a little bit on edge, you're a bit jumpy, and you go, I'm not really sleeping as well. Whereas if a baby often hears even a little toddler, they don't have to be screaming or running down the corridor, but noise going on in the background is quite soothing for a baby. So they love to hear familiar sounds. So don't be tiptoeing around just have a little bit of you know perhaps a radio on or a little bit of quiet noise you might be in conversation with someone that's okay just obviously um, at, a, at a level that uh, your baby can can settle to sleep start with cuddling you might start with even massaging your baby relaxing them this is a fantastic technique of you know you've you've fed your baby so you know they're not hungry you've um, you've given them a little bit of a cuddle and then you'll you'll be changing their nappy ready for them to go to their safe sleeping environment but give them a little bit of a massage um you know massage their legs and their limbs and their their little tummy um they often will love that I will just say, though, some babies don't like massage. So if you see that your baby doesn't like that, then then don't do it. I mean, some babies just really, just for some reason, often will not like that. So be, be again, mindful of your baby as well. 
Now, if your baby's really little, they might like to be um, swaddled. I do, I do want to talk about swaddling and sleeping bags here for a little moment because it's really important that we get the safety side right. We use swaddling. It's been used for a long, long time. And culturally, it's a really good way of, um, of having our babies settle off to sleep. We do swaddle our babies with something light, like a muslin wrap, but there are some safety steps to swaddling or wrapping our child. Um, with a baby, and you'll be shown how to swaddle a baby when you when you've had your baby in the hospital with your beautiful midwives. But we do swaddle um, with their arms in if the baby wants their arms in. So if you're swaddling, swaddle with their arms in, not too tight. And certainly not loose that that wrap can come up over their head, remembering we want their head and face uncovered. So with a swaddle, you would be swaddling your baby until they lose that startle or that moro reflex. This is a normal neurological reflex. And they'll often lose that startle, you know, so when you have a baby and they push, pop their arms up in the air and you go, oh, they're startled, they'll often lose that around about the eight to ten weeks of mark um, of their development. This is key, all right? It's just before a baby will start to roll and this is the time that we need to get rid of the swaddle and babies need their arms out and they need to move to um, a safe wearable sleeping bag with arms out. So it's really key that ask your health professionals if you are unsure. Usually it's around that eight to ten week mark that you will be reducing the swaddle. If you're going to use a sleeping bag it's often a good alternative. Some parents may like to use a sleeping bag from the very word go and not use a swaddle. Remembering if you do this make sure it's an age-appropriate sleeping bag. It doesn't have loose armholes or a loose neck because you do not want the baby's face to become un to become covered and also make sure the zip is covered. It sounds crazy but you do not want that, that little zip uncovered for the baby to choke on and make sure that it has arms out as well. And so when you use a, a wearable sleeping bag it is exactly a wearable sleeping bag. You do not need any extra covering, any blankets or anything extra on your baby. Again, look to your health professionals for that as well. So we've got our little baby and this is a little one now who we've swaddled. So we've given them a cuddle and we often use what we'll call an upright cuddle. Don't lay them down in your arms as if you're going to put them into a feeding position because a baby will naturally then want to go to feed. They will smell breast milk if you're feeding or they'll look for a bottle. So put them up over your shoulder. They'll cuddle into your neck, either yourself as the, as the, the, the parent or the carer and they will really naturally you'll feel them relax they might be cooing they might be just soothing and you'll hear their breathing just relax this is a really good sign that your baby is just quite not falling off to sleep in your arms so they're not being um, associated with a dependent sleep association which we'll cut to in a moment but then they're ready to go down into their into their sleep environment some babies might cry during this little preparation stage. It's quite normal, but it's just their way of anticipating and preparing for sleep. And this is when you, okay, take a few deep breaths. This is when you go, oh, it's okay. The more calm you are and the more soothing you are, the baby's in this upright cuddle, the more able that they're going to, they feel from you and um, will be calm and able to go into sleep, all right? We don't want them falling asleep. You know, when a baby is really in a deep sleep, they become, you feel them quite heavy. That's not what we want. We want them to be just calm and, and in your arms. And if your baby remains calm, then place them into their cot, again, in the safe sleeping position with their feet at the end of the cot on their back, never on their tummy or never on their side, and nothing in the cot. If they're calm, slowly move away. Now, we don't want you to go too far, 
because your baby will still sense that you're here, okay? And for many parents, particularly if you're not, um, you might be, you might have tried a few things and you might be feeling a little bit anxious about it, don't go too far. It's okay. Even just pop a little chair there or you might have the cot, you might just sit on the bed um, and the, the baby is in their own cot. And let's just give your little baby that chance, that little opportunity to drift off to sleep. Now, once out of eyesight, just wait. Let's have a listen, all right? We want to look, we want to listen, and then we want to respond. If they're just fussing, you know, they've just given you a little fussy cry. Remembering there's four types of cries a baby gives us. Grizzle, like a kind of a grizzle cry. Or they're just fussing, you know, they're moving their head from side to side and they're just moving around. It's like you when you're trying to go to sleep as, a, as an adult. You don't put your head on the on the pillow usually and just go straight out like a light. You'll move your head around. Well, babies can do this too, okay? It's normal. So let them have that little fuss or that little grizzle. Or certainly our beautiful, um, you know, seven, eight, nine months old as they're getting words, you'll hear them go la, 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 vocalising. This is their way of, of really calming themselves. And that's okay. You don't need to be rushing in and picking them up um, and see what they're doing. So we want to look. We want to listen. We want to look that they're safe, that they're secure. We want to listen. What, what sound are they giving us? What cry? And then we want to respond. If your baby cries out, wait. Let's listen to see if this crying tapers off. And our, one of the strategies here is really key. We want you to listen to three cryouts and three cryouts only. So I'm, I'll, I'll do it here in the sense of you've placed your baby in the cot. They're just fussing around and then they start to cry. So they give you a, like a rah, a cry and you go, oh, I'm listening. And the second cry, remember it follows only within a few seconds. Second cry, rah. And then uh, we really want you to hear what happens on that third cry. Again, it's a matter of seconds. Rah! Now, if this cry after that third one is tapering off and it becomes like ah into a grizzle, then the baby is actually settling. Allow them the space. They're fine. You don't have to go out of the room. You can just sit there or just be out of a little bit of sight, but you're watching your baby. They're most likely to drift off into that deep sleep, into that part of the cycle themselves. If, however, the baby isn't calming after that third cry, so they've given you those three cries, and then it escalates and it goes to that fourth, what we'll call that forceful cry, your baby needs you. This is your cue. This is your cue to say, okay, I need to do something. So we would suggest that with that, you, you listen to that cry. You can pop your hand in between the bars and you might then, then hear, just start a little bit of soothing. Just soothe your baby and you might just hum a little bit or just use a little bit of our shh, shh, and maybe a little bit of just gentle patting. You might pat their little leg or... Again, if babies don't like padding, you might just pat the end of the bed at the end of the mattress and just in a very much a rhythmic way, remembering where shushing and padding has come from. So we use shushing and padding because it's replicating our sounds in utero. The babies are really clever. They know these two sounds. They've been in utero nine months, three weeks for a term baby. And all of that time, they've been listening to the beautiful sounds of the mother's heartbeat. And that's where we get the patting from. 
Don't do it too loud and too fast. Slow it down. And Remembering the shh, we didn't make up shushing. Shushing has come from the replication of the placental sounds. The Use those sounds. Your baby has known those sounds. They're embedded on their, that's, that's the first two neural pathways in their brain that they've had or formed from being in utero. Your baby's very clever and they'll respond to those sounds. So use those sounds. So if you've got your baby and you're now, put your arms through the cot. Don't go over the top of the cot. Why? If you go over the top of the cot, of course your baby's going to feel like you're going to pick them up. And so they should. Here I am, they're seeing your beautiful face and you're going to pick me up. No, go through the bars of the cot. And if you're, if um, we often get this question and it, it, I, I, we often will say, some of the dads and, and um, will say to us, oh, but my hands won't fit through the cot right? Remembering we're meeting safety standards of the of our country, of the standards of our cot. If that's the case, please don't worry. We want you just to go to the end of the cot where your baby's feet are and you can go over the edge of, edge of the cot there and pat the mattress there or shush your baby. It's still not in a position of picking your baby up. So if your baby is responding to this shushing and this patting, slowly draw your hand out. We don't want them to become dependent on on the pat on the patting, certainly. And certainly if you're in a education where you're settling multiple children or your child is in a um, childcare setting, uh, they can't be patted all the time. So we don't want this to become what we call a dependent sleep association, which I'll, I'll cut, talk to in a moment. But draw your hands out now and let's just sit again. Let's look, let's listen and see if we need to respond. Sometimes your baby will go off to sleep. And the more we do this with some consistency, um, not for long lengthy periods of time, this is only about providing our babies with the opportunity to settle to sleep. They will respond. They will with time. But don't be too keen to do too much of the shushing and patting. So what happens then when you've placed your baby in and they're not responding? They're just not responding to you shushing. And padding. They've given you another forceful cry. We need, of course, to respond. Pick your baby up. It's fine. Your baby needs you. We want you to put them in that upright cuddle again, not in that feeding cuddle position. Put them in the upright cuddle. And if your baby nuzzles into you, you know, they nuzzle into your neck, which we all love, and they calm quickly, this is your cue to say, okay, They've actually regulated quite well with me and I'm going to just try those steps again that we've just gone through just once more and see. So I will place my baby down. I will then make sure that they're safe with their feet at the end and go through those steps of just seeing if they're grizzling. Let's listen to any cry outs. If we need to, we do some padding and some shushing and then see if they've gone off to sleep. If the baby is escalated and there is more crying, this is your cue to end the settling session. This is the key. You don't need to take this on for hours or for lengthy periods of time. It's not fair on you or on the baby. And again, as I said, it's about progressively trying this bit by bit at each sleep. And so you would abandon this settling and get your baby to go to sleep in the way that you know how to get your baby to go to settle to, settle to sleep and safely and then try again 
at the next settling. It's really key that everybody who's looking after your baby is consistent with these settling steps because babies don't like mixed messages. So if you do something different and your partner does something different or in childcare something's different, a little baby gets mixed up and it's not not fair on them. So we need to make sure that the way that we're putting our babies and settling them to sleep is, is consistent. So use these settling steps in a really step-by-step easy way, but be kind to yourself as well as doing this. And one thing I just want to talk about before um, you know we end this session is, is that sleep associations are quite big. So if your baby has been used to going off to sleep in a certain way, so going into that sleep cycle, maybe you've been rocking or patting too much or shush or um, rock, putting them in the car maybe or feeding them to sleep, then a baby when they come to that light sleep phase looks to that dependent sleep association. They don't know. They don't know how to go back to sleep in any other way. So one thing for sure is we need to eliminate that dependent sleep association. So I want to take us through a few steps just here on what if this is me? I've been rocking my baby or feeding my baby to sleep. How do I now go into these steps? Because a baby isn't going to go cold turkey. We can't expect them to go from being fully rocked to sleep or fully fed to sleep to or driven around in a car to then just being placed in their cot asleep. They're not going to do this. It will take a little bit of time and, and your consistency. Remembering when we're trying to change a baby's sleep pattern from something like this to settling, it, it will take perhaps 10 days to three weeks. Be realistic, okay, that... You don't want to be moving house or going on holiday or doing anything here that you're, you're over expecting your child to settle to sleep and work with your supports on this. But if you had a baby who has become dependent on an association, you've rocked them to sleep, fed them to sleep. What we want you to do is lessen that sleep association. So day one, we go back to the steps and we go, today I'm going to um, help my baby to settle to sleep without rocking them in my arms. They're getting way too heavy now. My back's getting sore. I need to stop this. You know, I can't walk up and down the house any longer. So what am I going to do? So my baby's so used to this. So you've gone through the steps of making sure they're not hungry and, you know, they're changed and their their um, needs are all met. Then you would place your baby still in an upright cuddle and you will get them to sort of be calm and almost, this is day one, drifting off to sleep but not into the heavy sleep or the deep sleep and then only when they're in that drifting to sleep place them into the cot but don't take your hands off your baby they're used to you they need the touch and feel keep your hands on your baby even just a little hand across their chest or as I said pat the end of the mattress they need to know that you are still there they're not going to be able to go in without your hands on them remembering they've been rocked had you in close contact with them and over a period of day slowly step this out so that you are then able to place your baby into their cot pretty much fully awake or as at least into a into a drifting off sleep but not into a deep sleep and then over a period of days so that they can actually settle without your hands on them and be mindful of listening out to those cries and and really tuning in it's the look it's the listen and then it's the beautiful respond for all of our infants across this period Okay, Cindy, any final advice? You can do this. And I think for all parents and uh, just to know that 
you can do this with with lots of support and help as you need. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself. It's so vital that you look out for yourself and your partner and significant others, okay? We're exhausted. We're not used to this, particularly if it's our first first little one. We love our kids. We love our children so much and we don't want to hear them cry, of course not. So we we want to make sure that we're meeting their needs. You generally often will go, I don't know, I don't know if I can do this and perhaps I don't have everybody on board or on mixed pages. Make sure that you reach out to those who will support you. Get some information and education so you, your partners, other carers are all doing the same strategies and make sure that you are looking out for your little one's different temperament. Take that in mind. It's really, really, really key. And when you do need to go back to work, because this is this is the real world, make sure that you can combine your work and that you know that where your child is, is perhaps being cared for, have this consistency of safe sleeping and the settling. Please don't feel guilty about asking for help. Remember, 40% of our babies have some sort of sleep bit of a challenge. It's okay. It's quite normal. There's lots of help here and we're, it's not failing by asking for help. And remember that your baby is your baby and listen to yourself, your gut instinct. There's lots of resources around. Have a look. Rockabub is an app that we have that has these step-by-steps on here. Perhaps go to the website safesleepspace.com.au and our nourishbaby.com.au for other information, lots of fact sheets as well, and look to your credible resources for any other help that you need. Know that you can do it. For Sleep's Sake is brought to you by Nourish Baby, Safe Sleep Space and Sleep Smart.